Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I want to talk about today um, the... Hmm. There's nothing like his presence. You know, the storyline of scripture is all about bringing us back to his presence. What started in the Garden of Eden that Adam lost because of sin, then God had to protect his people from his presence because he is a holy God and impurity and unholiness cannot stand in his presence. And so everything, uh, the, the covenant God made with Abraham and then what God did in, when he called Moses and uh, called the people uh, to be his people. And, and there was, you know, in the weeks to come, Pastor David and I are gonna go through the, the presence of God throughout the Bible, uh, the tabernacle of Moses, what that looked like, the tabernacle of David, the temple of Solomon, and then Jesus comes, God incarnate, God with us. Jesus comes and becomes the ultimate sacrifice that we could once again, he was the second Adam that we could once again enter into by the blood of Jesus. Make no mistake, that is the only way that we can come to him is through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. We have been given access into the presence of God anytime, any place. Anytime, any place. Pastor David's been talking to you about practicing his presence and 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 stealing away moments, um, uh, uh, focusing our attention on him. And so we have been given access by the blood of Jesus. And so now we are his people. We are his temple. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. We are his temple, but this is not the end because from Genesis to Revelation, you know, and I'm going to get here, I'm going to get here, but at the, but at the end, the, the, the Eden, Eden is going to be restored. We are his bride. And so we are preparing to be with him for eternity. And when we are with him forever and ever, we will be in the unrestricted presence of God, unrestricted presence of God forever and ever. And so I'm going to talk about a few benefits of the presence of God. We are the beneficiaries of this relationship. God doesn't need anything from us, but we need everything from him. He chose to create and relate with his creation. What a miracle. Do we even, I don't even think we really uh, comprehend the bigness of God. God most high is also God most near. God most high is also God most near. May we never take for granted the blessing that we have to come into his presence. And so I'm just gonna talk briefly um, on the, um, I'm just gonna focus on three benefits of the presence of God, the first one. And I know you've experienced this. The presence of God heals me. 
And I'm not referring to here physical healing, although that happens too. There are gifts of healing, gifts of miracles that, that take place in the presence of God. But I'm talking about the healing of the soul. Everything your soul will ever need is found in the presence of Jesus. You know, there's so much talk about um, self-care. <laughs> self-care is a bu buzzword. It's really kind of become an idol in our culture, I think. Um, but man, spending time in the presence of God is the best self-care you could ever experience. We were, we were with our friend Bob Sorge uh, yesterday at an event. We were at a big prayer event in um, New Jersey and it was beautiful, but Bob was talking about um, figuring out what renews you. And he said, you know, these last two years of, of COVID, what our culture has experienced, he said, I, the word that, that comes to me is that people are depleted. These last two years have depleted people. And so now we see, uh, I know a lot of our friends I've seen like traveling to Europe, traveling to Disney World. You know, everybody's ready to get on a plane and go somewhere uh, because, you know, it's, it's safe now to travel. And, and we've all kind of been locked up these last couple of years. But here's the thing. Don't you know, how many vacations have you been on when you just come home broke and tired and in need of another vacation? I mean, I, I love, you know, we, we've taken July off some midweek stuff. I believe rest is important, but don't ever take a vacation from spending time with him because that is where we are renewed. That is where we are restored. Yes, yes, yes. Psalm 23, verses one through three, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I could tell you time and time again that the of experiences I've had of the Lord restoring my soul. Times of depression that I experienced, loneliness, hopelessness. The presence of God restores our soul. He renews us. I'm going to read Psalm 84, verses 1 through 12. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. Okay, and here he goes. For a day in your courts 
is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I'm going to read just a couple of those verses in the message translation because I love this. So verses 10 through 12 in the message says, one day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. (laughs) I have never been to Greece. I really want to go to Greece. We had friends that just did this big European vacation and they were in Greece and they were on those beautiful island beaches. And it's absolutely gorgeous, but it does not compare to the place of his presence. What we experience when we get to come to him into his presence. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God, generous in gifts and glory. I love this. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. God doesn't hold out on you. It's smooth sailing all the way with God of the angel armies. So if you've been medicating your soul with anything else, know today that he will restore your soul. He will heal your soul. Our mind, our will, our emotions, he heals us in his presence. Okay, my second point, benefits of his presence The presence of God makes me more like Jesus. The presence of God makes me more like Jesus. We become what we behold. Have you ever heard the phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? (laughs) How many parents can remember, maybe you have young children now, Um, Our kids are obviously getting a little older, although Carson is 13. He's hanging out here on the front row. Everybody say hi, Carson. (laughs) But I can remember when Gracie was little and she would go spend the night at her friend's house. You know, she'd go spend a couple days with like a friend from church or a friend from school in the summertime. And then, you know, she'd come home and it's like she had a little more attitude than when she left, you know. And it's like, you know, as a mama... Like, I don't care what, how Susie talks to her mom. That's not how you talk to me in this house. (laughs) We become, we pick up habits of the people we hang around. And so the good news is that the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we become like him. Um, I love personality tests. I love Enneagram. Uh, Gracie and I, you know, we... Well, I think our whole family, we sat around the table once. We took these um, personality tests, like a disc test or something. And it's so fun, right, to understand yourself, understand your friends and family, your coworkers. It's important. And that's all great. But the real question is not, who are you? But is Christ being formed in you? Is Christ being formed in you? Are you becoming like him? So this process of becoming like Christ is called sanctification. Sanctification simply means 
the growth of a believer into Christ-likeness. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. My computer was doing something weird. Okay, there it is. Um, The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit sanctifies believers and produces fruit or Christian character, Christ-likeness in our lives. In Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23, we see the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. So you might say, I, I can't be pure. I can't live holy. I can't live up to these expectations uh, that God has for me. And that's the truth. You can't by yourself. That was in the Old Testament. They, they, couldn't, um, they couldn't keep the law, right? That's why God sent Jesus to be a sacrifice for all of us. And then when Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us and who gives us power to overcome and to live for him. Being made into the image of Jesus Christ is a process and spending time with the one whom we're becoming like is key. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. I don't think I have all those verses, but okay. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, the apostle Paul writes, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Previous to this scripture, he was talking about the Jews. And and when they read the Torah, when they read uh, Moses, there's a veil over their eyes and they can't see Christ. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this, for this, from this, from the Lord, for, gosh, wow. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. We go from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, as we are with the one that we love. Through time with him, through time with his word, he is the living word, we become more like him. One more scripture here on becoming like Christ. I wanna read Psalm 24, verses three through six. The psalmist writes, "Whom, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands, and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. Selah. I wanna have clean hands and a pure heart. 
our friend Michael Culliano says, the closer you get, the less you can take with you. So the question is, how close do you want to get to him? <laughs> we get to choose. We get to choose how close we get to him. So the presence of God makes me more like Jesus. We are becoming like Christ, his image in the earth. Okay, my last point. Hey, the band can actually come back up. See, I told you I was cutting it, cutting, cutting some stuff. Okay, the presence of God prepares me for eternity with God. I think this idea is lost on us a lot. We know that we're gonna be with him forever and so we're gonna worship him forever. But being with him now actually also prepares us to be with him for eternity. We are preparing for a wedding. I wanna read this scripture from here. We are preparing for a wedding. We are the bride of Christ and the bride must make herself ready. The progressive nature of sanctification shows us that we are being made holy, not only to live an overcoming life here on earth, but to prepare us for an eternity spent in the presence of God. We become more like Christ to enjoy the benefits of being holy, specifically to enter into the unlimited, unrestricted presence of God in the new heaven and the new earth. Hmm. Y'all do know this is not all there is, right? Sanctification is the spirit's work to transform us so that we may be with God forever. There's a beautiful new book um, that David and I discovered uh, this past week. And um, two books I would just recommend. Babe, will you hand those to me? Pastor David already talked about the book, Practicing His Presence from Brother Lawrence. Incredible. I'm just telling you about this because I'm, I'm giving away my sources. Um, but if you, wanna, if you wanna read more, and we're gonna unpack a lot of this, but if you're hungry to learn more about the presence of God, um, this book, is by a theologian named J. Ryan Lister, and it's called The Presence of God, Its Place in the Storyline of Scripture and the Story of Our Lives. I'm gonna read a quote from his book. He says, the goal of theology is to get us back to the Garden of Eden. Actually, the goal of theology is to bring us into the heavenly city. For the heavenly city of Revelation 21 and 22 is even better than the garden. God's presence in the garden was lost because of the sin of Adam and Eve. But God will never abandon the new Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth. John tells us, there is no night there. 
and there isn't any need for the sun and the moon because the light of the city comes from the Lord and from the Lamb. What makes the new Jerusalem new? What makes it heavenly and glorious? What makes it more desirable than anything you have ever experienced is the unlimited, unrestricted presence of God. This is where we're headed, to be with him forever. I'm gonna read, um, just as I close this out, I'm gonna read from Revelation and then I'm gonna pray and, um, and we'll close the service today. Revelation chapter 19, I'm gonna read in 19 and then I'm gonna read in 21 and 22. So stay with me because it's beautiful. Revelation chapter 19, starting at verse six, going through verse nine. This is John writing what he sees. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Skipping to chapter 21, John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. <laughs> then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, 
We don't want to hear this part, but it's true. The vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Hang on. Then verse 22. I did not see a temple in the city <laughs> because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Oh no, on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22. Starting at verse one, the subtitle says, Eden restored. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. <laughs> there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Why don't you go ahead and just stand to your feet
Father, we're so grateful that we have access to come to you by the blood of Jesus shed for us. He has made a way for us to come to you. God of the universe, you, you have chosen to step into time and space just for us, to redeem us so that you can bring us to yourself for eternity, that we would be with you forever and ever. Thank you for healing us in your presence. Thank you that although you are great and mighty, you stoop so low and you see us, you see our needs, you see the cries of our heart, you see our needs and you restore us, you heal us. And then you begin to make us into the image of your son, Jesus, that we would become like him, that we would be his image in the earth, that everywhere we go, we would bring your glory, we would bring your presence everywhere we go. And we are so grateful that this life isn't all there is. That when we go home to be with you or when time has come to an end, when you return King Jesus, we will be a bride who has made herself ready. We will be pure. Our lamps will be filled with oil. And we await that beautiful day when you return and you make all things new and there'll never be any more pain. There'll never be any more a night, God. There won't, we, there won't be any more tears, God, but we will be with you forever and ever and ever. And even then we'll continue to learn of your goodness, to learn of your glory. Just as the angels, every time they, they encircle your throne and they continue to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Every time they, make, they, they encircle your throne, they see another facet of who you are. And so we will spend eternity seeing, learning new things about you. Oh God, we love you. We love you. We wanna be a people who lives at the door of your presence. We wanna wanna be a people who are ready to run into your arms, to run into your presence. We love you with all that we are in Jesus name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.